Welcome back. We're in Revelation chapter 14, verse 8. Let's go. Verse 8. And another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So here we have another angel. This is a different angel than the one before. How do we know that? Because if we read it literally, it says, and another angel. Remember, read the Bible literally unless you need, unless it declares otherwise. Let scripture interpret scripture. Observe, interpret, and apply. Keep these rules front and center as you go through the Bible, and the Bible will make a lot more sense. That's not saying you won't get to some hard parts where you'll need to pray, talk to people, um, go through the rest of the Bible, read some commentary. But if you just follow some simple rules, the Bible's much easier to understand. It makes sense, and it prevents you from going off on these crazy tangents like people do. They're like, well, I think it, blah, blah, blah. Or they you know, make it magic and all this stuff and allegory and no, 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 no. Just read it literally. And another angel followed saying, Babylon is fallen. This is in the aorist tense. This is fallen. The eros tense, uh, we've seen that uh, earlier in Revelation, it's so certain that you can talk about it as though it has already happened. So it's a future event that's so certain it's as though it's already happened. And to God, that makes perfect sense because to God, he sees past, present, and future all at the same time. It's You and me see the past is yesterday, the future is tomorrow, today is today. God sees it differently. So this kind of helps us to understand a little bit more of God's perspective because he's having it penned here in the Bible, which is his inspired word, but he used men to pen it, to write it with their own hands. So certain that it's already happened. So let me summarize a little bit about Babylon in my own words. So the harlot represents blasphemy against God and represents religious Babylon, which celebrates similarities instead of the common denominator by which everything was created, Jesus. We talked about that yesterday. A lot of people focus on, and I don't know if it's a good analogy or not, but kind of focus on the English of it all and saying, let's look at synonyms. Let's look at what we have in similarity and common between me and you, and let's just focus on those. Let's quote-unquote coexist, you know, that bumper sticker. But Jesus says, no, let's do math. Let's look at the common denominator. What's the common denominator by which everything was created? That's one, that's one person. It's one God. Remember, we have the Trinity. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One, three persons and one Godhead. The common denominator, common denominator is God. We all have God in common. He put eternity in our hearts. We are without excuse. There's a hole in our hearts that is the size, you know, it's a God-sized hole in our hearts that can only be filled by God. If you're listening to this today and you're feeling defeated, if you're feeling empty, if you're feeling anxious or worried, focus on Jesus. Cast your cares on him. Trust me, there's times almost daily when I get sad about something or anxious about something or angry about something or sad. I may have already said sad. I'm not sure. Um, But what I try to do is feel that conviction of God saying, you're focusing on the wrong thing, Mike. Focus on God. So he's where we should have our eyes on. He is the prize. Let's keep our eyes on the prize. Let's focus on heavenly things more than earthly things because these earthly things will pass. Okay, so we keep going. 
So this harlot, she sits atop the beast with seven heads and ten horns. She is riding the beast. The beast that she rides is the revived Roman Empire. Now, there's a lot of different commentary on what the seven heads and the seven hills and stuff mean. So we'll, we'll go through a couple of different interpretations. I, I don't care to be dogmatic about um, some of these because... Uh, a lot of it's just kind of speculation, looking back at the Bible, looking back at history, and thinking what it could mean. But during the tribulation, people are going to find out exactly what it means. And as we're in heaven looking down, um, uh, providing God allows us to look down and see this, or he'll, maybe he'll tell, tell us about it, but it, it'll come to play out at, at its own. So right now, it doesn't matter if it's perfect, but I'm going to give you some some thoughts. The beast that she rides might be the revived Roman Empire. The seven heads might represent seven kingdoms, five of which have already fallen, one which is the Roman Empire, which will revive back into the world's powerhouse, and one is yet to come, which is the Antichrist. The Antichrist, who likely will come from a Gentile nation, when given full authority by Satan mid-tribulation, will sit upon his throne as head of the revived Roman Empire, declaring himself to be God. At such point, he basically morphs into the beast, and yet is still considered a king or kingdom, which is where he is considered, why he is considered both the seventh and the eighth kingdom. The ten horns may represent ten future kingdoms that combine all their authority and power and yield it to the Antichrist. So the Antichrist sits atop the Roman Empire, ruling the world. There's no longer room for the harlot who had been sitting atop the kingdom. So the ten kings devour her, and religious Babylon is destroyed, leaving only commercial Babylon. It's good that religious Babylon was destroyed because she provided no eternal value, only at a maximum some good charitable works joined by the apostate unbelieving uh, through perhaps self-proclaiming godly people, quote-unquote, trying to strive for world peace, give peace a chance, and the elimination of disease and global warming, for example. Commercial Babylon only allows commerce of buying or selling if someone carries the mark of the beast on their right hand or forehead. So we go from bad which is today's lost and dying world, to worse, which is the earth without Christians, where the harlot sits atop the revived Roman Empire with a universal religion of similarities. And then it goes to even worse than that, which is the Antichrist becomes the beast, sits atop the throne, has Satan's authority, is, in my opinion, energized by Satan and perhaps even possessed by Satan. And his ten kingdoms kill the harlot. To almost, and then it goes to, to almost perfect, which is the second coming of Christ and the millennial kingdom, and then it does go to perfect. Satan is sent to the lake of fire forever, and God's eternal kingdom begins. So it kind of wraps a lot of concepts into one, but you want to understand that there's a commercial Babylon and a religious Babylon. And Babylon, the word comes from Babel. You remember the Tower of Babel? They built the tower trying to go up to the heavens, and God dispersed them and gave them different languages. And then we get the word Babylon. Religious Babylon is basically anything that is representative of non-Christianity. It's other religions, and I would put primarily into focus whatever this kind of future religion is, that maybe there's one world religion, that kind of universalism or something, that you know everybody goes to heaven, and there's annihilation and self-sleep, and you just don't have to, soul-sleep, and you just don't have to worry about it. Whatever it is, it's not... Christ's 
teaching. It is not truth. It is not reality. It is not the way that it plays out. It's a false god, or they say there's no god, which is making themselves god. There's always god involved. If people say there's no god, then they make themselves their own god. Just look at uh, Nietzsche, who you know was one of the people who created communism, supposedly. Um, and the man went mad for the last 11 years of his life. Absolutely insane. And then you've got commercial Babylon, which just rep- represents you know, literal buying and selling and the, the merchanting and the um, buying and selling of goods. And you can only do that in, during the tribulation uh, with the, or during the latter part of the tribulation with the mark of the beast. You literally have to bow down to Satan and be marked on your forehead or your right hand in order to buy and sell. And if you do not, um, for those of you who are listening who don't accept Christ, if you live through the tribulation or into the tribulation, and you do not accept the mark of the beast because you're a Christian, then you won't be able to buy or sell. So you're probably not going to have a job. You're probably not going to have a home. You're probably not going to have food. You're probably going to starve to death. Um, so, you know, some of the great things to look forward to during the tribulation, but there will be many people who come to Christ during that. And it's interesting because we look forward to that event and say, wow, that's just crazy, and I can't believe that's going to happen. And it's happening right here, right now. There are people in Austin who are starving to death. There are people in Africa who are starving to death. There are people in Haiti who are starving to death. There are people in Iran who are being jailed and killed for their faith in Christ. There are people in China who are being jailed and killed and for their faith in Christ. It is happening, people. We just don't see it right here in our neighborhoods and whatever bubble we may be in in the United States of the world, but we know that it's happening. So it's not hard to believe that this is going to happen on a mass scale because it's already happening on a large scale, an uncomfortably large scale. We just have kind of walls and blinders up to us, and we're, we can't see through the cheery Facebook, Facebook pictures and uh, our daily busy lives to recognize it sometimes. But we know it's the truth. We know what's going on, and we know there's sex trafficking right in our own cities right here, which are slaves, and people are giving into it and creating a demand for that product uh, because they want it. Uh, Very sad. So just some things to think about. And so Babylon, when you read about that here in Revelation, it's basically speaking of a false religion or a society where it's driven by Satan. You can only buy or sell if you have the mark of the beast. So here it says Babylon has fallen. And we're going to get to this later in, in a couple chapters from now. Revelation will go into a little bit more detail on Religious Babylon and commercial Babylon, but um, I spent a lot of time explaining it here because I think it's important to understand these concepts. So another angel followed, saying, Babylon has fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she had made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So it says that great city, uh, right? It's in the great tribulation. So it's that great city. Everybody was, um, you know, honoring and, and, Remember, you kind of have the 10 nations or 10 leaders. Maybe you have like the United States of Europe or the United States of this new revived uh, Roman Empire or whatever it is where Satan sits atop and then he just basically squashes them. And it says, She has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So this is the Satan's wrath. This is not God's wrath right here. This is uh, Satan's wrath and her fornication there's there's a price to pay for all of this and so it falls 
And then 9, it says, Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God. This is a different kind of wrath. In verse 8, it was the wrath of her fornication. Here it is, the wrath of God. It says, Which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. So, verse 9, Then a third angel, so this is a third angel, a different one, and it followed the other two saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast in his image. So this is the angel warning people, saying, if you worship the beast or his image, remember we've got the beast and the false prophet. The beast is the one who is uh, energized by Satan and perhaps even possessed by Satan. And then you've got the false prophet. And that is what there is referred to here as his, his image. Or this could be the false prophet uh, is energizing this image that they created this, uh, I call it a, a robot. Um, you know, this robot that might be very human-like because of the processing power of chips and, and the like that uh, you could imagine today. I think we're very close to having a robot that's pretty human-like, but at some point very human-like uh, with processing speeds of mind. And, uh, well, it doesn't really have a mind. It has a brain, I guess, a computer brain, a different type of brain than ours. But uh, you get the point. But there's this image, and it's... Uh, Powered essentially by the false prophet. And remember, you've got the Satan, the beast, and the false prophet, which is the unholy trinity, the satanic trinity, uh, trying to mimic and counterfeit what the true trinity is, which is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, which is God. And the, Satan is always a, is the great counterfeiter, trying to counterfeit. And so the angel goes on and says, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or his hand. So, if you worship the beast or his image and you receive that mark on your forehead, on your hand, remember, you chose to accept this. You weren't forced to accept this, so you don't have to worry about that today. This only happens during the, uh, during the tribulation, during the specifically the uh, mid-tribulation and great tribulation. We are not in the tribulation, so you don't have to worry about the mark of the beast. Don't worry about a license plate number or a receipt or anything that says 666. It's not going to mark you. Uh, don't be silly. We're not in the tribulation. If you're a Christian, you won't even uh, see the tribulation because you'll, be, you'll either die or be raptured before that happens. So biblically, I hope that helps you. And tomorrow we will get into verse 10. Lord, thank you for just loving us. We are so unlovable at times. If we're honest with ourselves, we get greedy and fleshly and we say things to spouses and family members, especially those closest to us, and they get to see our actions because we can kind of take out our frustration and anger and life on them. Help us not to do that, Lord. Help us to honor those closest to us, respect our spouses, to love on our children, to honor our parents. Lord, I, I say this, I need help with this too. I think all of us do. Help us to be kind and gentle. And if we feel temptation or temper or anything, Lord, that we would just get on our knees and pray and say, Lord, help me in this situation. I'm feeling weak and vulnerable right now. And I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Lord. I pray that you would help me right, right now to walk away from whatever this is that I'm doing or I'm about to do that doesn't honor you. Lord, help me to do that today for whatever I may face today, whatever challenge it may be, whatever temptation it may be. Lord, I love you so much, and I thank you so much for teaching me and guiding me, and uh, just help me to love you more today. Amen. 
Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.